When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Kane back of the net. He set it in front. Carpenter to side. He's in the score! And Patrick Kane has a thousand NHL points! Chris Bowden and Joe Brand break down the latest storylines concerning your Chicago Blackhawks. Here's the shot blocked by Coyne. Coyne shovels it out in front of her. It's a one-on-one. Coyne with a shorthanded chance. She scores! As a young kid, I I always dreamed to be a part of this organization. And while that has evolved over time from maybe being a player to being a player development coach, it's finally here, and I'm so excited to be a part of this organization. Here's Chris Bowden and Joe Brand. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. I'm your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio, Chris Bowden, joined by Blackhawks reporter, weekend sports anchor, among many other hats that he wears, Joe Brand, and how things have changed, Joe, since our last podcast when we were talking about the excitement of what Kirby Doc might be able to do at the World Junior Championships, the excitement of what he will bring to the table off of that to the Blackhawks in the 2021 season that was just announced a week or so ago, the 56-game schedule. But now with Tuesday's news that the Blackhawks will be without Jonathan Taves indefinitely, Coming off the word on Monday that Kirby Doc uh, suffered a major wrist injury in that World Junior Championships that required surgery and will likely keep him out all of the 2021 season. The Blackhawks are faced with uh, the kind of adversity that uh, a lot of people have faced uh, during the 2020 unhappy old year as we try to ring in a happy new year in 2021. But as the Blackhawks take the ice in training camp to start things off on Sunday uh, over at uh, Fifth Third Arena, to begin this 56-game schedule on January 13th, there has been a one-two punch to their gut that they are going to have to deal with here right from the outset that you really don't wish on any NHL team. Yeah, it's incredible the way all this news has just snowballed from the last time we did a podcast, which was the day before Christmas Eve, uh, and incredible in the wrong way. We kept talking about how great this would be for Kirby Doc to kind of get a head start to the 2021 season because it does show signs of what he was able to do before heading into the hockey playoff bubble the past year and just that individual preparation. Now you get an opportunity to slap a C on his chest, and he's the captain of the Canadian team and the world juniors and look at how great Jonathan Taves benefited from that and you know that kind of sets up Kirby Doc to be the next Jonathan Taves and now a few days later you find out you are without both of them which really changes a whole dynamic of this Blackhawks team with the future that they want this organization to go just with the current status of the team it is quite the monkey wrench that has been thrown into their season uh, the Jonathan Taves news, I mean, I, I don't mean to naively speculate, but it's just got that weird Marion Hosa feel, just the way that the impact just hits so hard and so quick, so abrupt, like mm. nobody thought anything of this and, and any type of this news didn't even leak until this morning. And at first it was just, okay, out for training camp and maybe the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden months start getting thrown around and then the Blackhawks officially go with the word indefinitely. And the first thing you think of is you hope for Jonathan Taves to, to be okay in the long run. I mean, yeah. that, that dude is just not only a fantastic human being, but just such a competitor and, and such a, an athlete that 
you you kind of worry about what a setback like this can do to him just because he's always so individually motivated. He's always somebody that wants to move on to the next step and still improve even with everything he's accomplished in his career. So you hate to see him have to go through something like this. But yeah, in the long run, you just hope he's okay overall. I'm sure if you're a big Blackhawks fan, you've already uh, read the statements that were issued by Jonathan and Stan Bowman and also by Jonathan Ag- Jonathan's agent, Pat Brisson. But in the event you didn't, and for the purposes of kind of establishing things here in the podcast and kind of the great mystery and the, uh, the great unknown and uh, kind of, you know, uh, an uneasiness and, you know, a, a frightening feeling because things haven't been figured out uh, due to a feeling that he's been experiencing for quite some time. Grant, people within the Blackhawks organization knew this, that there was some uncertainty, but now a decision has been made. And here's what Jonathan had to say in his statement as it was issued about 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Quote, this offseason, I've been experiencing symptoms that have left me feeling drained and lethargic. I am working with doctors so I can better understand my condition. Until I can get my health back to a place where I feel I can perform at an elite level and help my team, I will not be joining the Blackhawks for training camp. I do not have a timetable for when I will rejoin the team. I'm extremely disappointed, but it wouldn't be fair to myself or my teammates to attempt to play in my current condition. I am grateful for the continuous support from and ongoing communication with the Blackhawks organization. Stan Bowman, Rocky Wirtz, Danny Wirtz, Jeremy Calton, and my teammates have been nothing but understanding of my situation, and I appreciate them standing by me. To Blackhawks fans, I will continue to do whatever I can to get back to the ice and return to play to the game I love for the team I love. I will not be making any further comment at this time and ask everyone to please respect my privacy as I focus on my health and recovery. And I'm sure as we go along uh, training camp, there will be questions raised to Jeremy Colleton, Stan Bowman, whenever he's been made, being made available, as to whether there is any update on Jonathan Taves. Blackhawks have committed themselves to try to be as transparent as possible. And in doing so, uh, there, there's just this great mystery and great unknown that is almost a little bit scary. And, you know, instead of being angry, what happened with uh, Kirby Doc, that was a freak thing, something, a chance happening. You see a lot of those collisions occur during the course of a game, and they don't end up the way they did with Kirby Dock. It is something that he wanted to do. We'll expand on that a little bit more. But in Jonathan's case, this this uh, mystery of a feeling that he's had and them not being able to put their finger on it right away you know, just adds a, a little, a great deal of uneasiness for such a great person and a great player uh, off the ice, not to mention what he brings on the ice here. That is secondary because, you know, we'll talk about the trickle-down effect uh, of the lineup to at least uh, at the outset of the season a little bit further on the podcast. But uh, continuing what other people had to say, uh, the uh, senior uh, president or the president of hockey operations and general manager Stan Bowman also issued a statement as well, Joe. Yeah, the quote goes as such, Jonathan's health is our top priority as he deals with this medical issue. Chicago Blackhawks organization and our medical staff will provide all necessary resources to help him return to playing hockey. While he was not, while he will not report to training camp on January 3rd and will be out indefinitely, we will continue to support him as an important part of our family. I've been in regular communication with Jonathan recently and will continue that as he takes care of his health. The health and privacy of all our players is paramount to the Chicago Blackhawks organization. We care about Jonathan. We know how badly he wants to be with his teammates competing on the ice. We will provide further updates on his status as circumstances change and do not have a timetable 
or rather, yeah, and do not have a timetable for his return. And then Tave's agent, uh, longtime agent Pat Brasson, uh, issued this statement as well as part of the uh, news release. Quote, Jonathan's health is always the priority, and we hope with time he can get back to being the competitive High-level athlete Blackhawks fans know the support of Stan Bowman and the Chicago Blackhawks has been outstanding, and it is something both Jonathan and I appreciate. I will work closely with Jonathan and the Blackhawks to ensure he is getting everything he needs to return to the ice. So uh, as much as we all had a certain degree of hopes for this season, even though the team was uh, describing it as a rebuild while trying to be competitive. Uh, that competitiveness was uh, at a lot higher level when you have a Jonathan Taves and a Kirby Doc. An unfortunate accident with Kirby Doc. In Jonathan's case, for a guy who has had such a phenomenal, outstanding, uh, almost unprecedented impact on this team for all it has accomplished while he has been their captain, all he has accomplished individually, the focus definitely has to has to shift to concern about you know what his immediate health and long term health is going to be. You hope there is going to come a day that uh, he is able to rejoin the Hawks. You know, knock on wood, perhaps this season that they figure all this out. But for the here and now, uh, I think it's time to tap the brakes, step back, and when there is something definite to announce something is determined uh that will become clear the blackhawks will try to do it as quickly as possible and right now uh, the biggest thing here is just hoping for the best in jonathan's health and welfare moving forward here it's always unfortunate when you see the human identity of athletes in this fashion like Blackhawks fans experienced it with hearing the news about Brian Bickle. We were just talking before the podcast about Henrik Lundqvist mm-hmm. and, and what he has to go through with his health. And of course, I, I don't have to remind people again about Marion Hossa, but it, it just goes to show you that these are human beings and they have lives and there are things more important than just hockey. But I think everyone has always understand understood that with Jonathan Taves because of the player he's been off the ice and on the ice. Even when the guy has had maybe call it an off year, he still receives a lot of support from this fan base, and that's because of what he has been able to accomplish and just what type of person he is. Uh, it's 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 just a very unfortunate thing. You just really hope that this can be as short as it possibly can. Not even from a hockey standpoint, just because again we he's he's been pretty transparent about his feelings when he does well and when the team is underperforming. Like he's night and day in, in the dressing room. That That is so apparent. And that's just because the guy cares so much about the sport and cares so much about himself being a leader. And you have to respect that. So again, I, I just do worry about what type of mental toll this will take on him. I I believe that he can get past it if it comes to fruition that day where everything is, all of this is in the past, but you do kind of worry about that. And again, you just hope the best for the guy, especially in this time where there are so many medical questions out there. And that's the other thing. If this were COVID, I, I think they would say it's COVID. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not COVID. So that's what makes it even even scarier because n- no one knows what's going on in the world these days. So anything with the unknown just makes it that much more frightening. And obviously all the best for Jonathan Taves. Obviously he's been feeling this for a while, as you heard at the, at the very start of his statement, drained lethargic is what he said. And the fact that I, I think we have some listeners, there are Blackhawks fans there who aren't, have had times in their life, whether it's now or, or earlier that they're just not feeling right. Something is wrong. And they go through that apprehension of, 
putting your health in the hands of the people who should know, and they're still trying to find a way to figure things out. And the longer that takes, the longer that that mystery lasts, the greater an emotional and physical toll it takes until you find out, okay, that's exactly what it is. Here's the course of treatment, how we're going to do it, and, and hopefully we'll have you back within this time frame. And uh, unfortunately, Jonathan's in a situation here where he's been feeling something for some time, and you know the doctors that he's seen just have been unable to put their finger on it. And uh, uh, you just hope for the best, N- not, not for the Blackhawks' fortunes this year, but just for the person any person who is going through something like this, you don't wish that on anybody to try and sit and wait and wonder when you're going to feel better, much less find out why you're not feeling quite right. And you just hope for Jonathan's sake that uh, the doctors are able to pinpoint something here relatively quickly and a course of action should be taken regardless of his hockey future, which has his his uh, hockey history to this point is is Hall of Fame caliber. Well, I mean, how far are we into the podcast right now? And and this is and rightly so the headline where we haven't even gotten to Kirby Doc yet. But I mean, a guy that to a smaller scale, there's a lot more known in his physical status of having a, a broken wrist and having to go through all that, but. That was why that was such a setback for the Blackhawks, because this was supposed to be such a launching off year, another launching off year, I should say, for Kirby Doc moving forward. And now he gets deprived of that because whatever small sample size you get from him in 2021 is is not worth it to to evaluate him on. I mean, of course, if he goes out and plays a week or two and, and has a phenomenal couple of weeks that you, you deserve credit for that. But but it was just looking for the long-term status of this Blackhawks team and just what their role in 2021 was. But Jonathan Taves is a guy that's supposed to help these young players move forward in their careers and, and take a step forward. And, and again, Kirby Doc is hopefully going to be the next Jonathan Taves for this team. So now you lose both those guys to create that environment. That's that's a it's a tough setback for Jeremy Colleton in this entire organization. And you know, with, with Jonathan's unknown compared to Kirby's, uh, you know, kind of fixed schedule here, you know, Jonathan's thirty two years old, thirty three years old. You know, if he is unable to come back this particular season, that knocks another year off the age calendar in a, in a hockey career. You certainly hope that's not the case. In Kirby's case, he doesn't tw- turn 20 until next month. Uh, we all probably saw what the injury is. It seemed like a very innocent mid-ice collision where Kirby was trying to you know, check his man. Unfortunately, the collision happened with his wrist in a vulnerable position. And as a result, uh, it, it breaks and he has to have surgery, which leaves him at a four or five month timetable. And when you think of if he had the surgery on Monday of this week, End of December, four months puts him at the end of April, which is just about the end of the season anyway. So unless he has some type of miraculous recovery, and on top of that, the Blackhawks would be willing to risk throwing him out there for the end of the season of a couple games, uh, that just ruins a year of development for Kirby Doc. And again, uh, no fault should be given here, in, in my opinion. Kirby was the one who went to Stan Bowman and requested that he play in this World Junior Tournament. It was important to him, uh, especially with the opportunity, with the season uh, being pushed back to whatever it was going to be at the time, but in all likelihood not overlapping with the World Junior Championships. And the Blackhawks granted permission for him to do that and probably were excited that he was willing to do that. Uh, anytime you step out on the ice, you roll the dice with risk. And uh, this was just one of those freak accidents, and, and the Blackhawks just find themselves 
with uh, two of their stars here caught in a little bit of bad luck. And um, I don't think Kirby's long-term development is going to be affected by this. It just slows it a little bit. And uh, I don't know what your opinion is of that or the fact that the Blackhawks decided to let him go. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the future is still bright for Kirby Doc. It's just halted. It's just paused a little bit right now. Yeah, I think I agree pretty much 100%. Um, I understand the frustration, but to criticize Stan Bowman or the, the front office's role in the idea of Kirby Doc playing in the World Juniors is, is might, be, might be a little harsh. Uh, as you mentioned, he wanted to go. He stressed he wanted to go. Again, Jonathan Taves has talked about how much that benefited his game. Not only his game, but the way he leads a hockey locker room. And again, that's something that will be on Kirby Doc's plate moving forward. So you just look at it as an opportunity for him to grow as a player, him to grow as a leader, him to also gain some confidence, and oh yeah, play a little bit like the other people his age aren't able to do at the time. Um I understand he's an NHLer already, but but this is just an opportunity for the guy to grow and just have a have a stronger role. His his role with the Hawks already is is pretty validated, but this just gives you again another notch under your belt to try and up your game just a little bit more. And listen, it just sucks. It just sucks. That that's the long and short of it. I I understand the frustration, but at the end of the day, that's the slogan for twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much is. And boy, are the the Blackhawks really cashing in on uh, the final week here. Yeah, um, it, it is just unfortunate. And again, it it changes the dynamic of this team. And what type of team this will be moving forward. But I think you bring up a great point, Chris, of, you know, I don't think the status of where the Blackhawks are by the end of the season, if Kirby Doc is available, if that changes whether or not he plays in the last handful of games or, or whatever it will be. Um, if they're fighting for a playoff spot at that point, which is already an uphill battle, do you want him for that shot in the arm for the postseason? Um, because we did see some benefits of the Blackhawks winning that play-in round against Edmonton, but that, that's a slippery slope, too. I think it's just going to come down to what Kirby Doc's physical status is at that point. Yep, and uh, what I thought could be a possibility for this team to be competitive for perhaps that fourth playoff spot in this restructured division with a Jonathan Taves and with a Kirby Doc a week or so ago uh, that you know you could see it happening if certain things also happened during the course of the 56 game season um, some things would have to have to go right and that is still the case with the Blackhawks but as you mentioned it's still a much more uphill battle so we introduce you now to Carl Soderberg and it was announced over the weekend that the Blackhawks had signed him to a free agent deal one year about one million dollars and it's a player that I've, I've really liked for a, a number of years the guy who plays both ends of the ice uh, better slotted a little bit further down in the lineup, but uh, for several years in Colorado this past season in Arizona, a guy who puts up solid numbers in the uh, you know anywhere from 12 to 18 goal range. I think his career high was 23. He's consistently put up 35 points with Arizona last year. He scores six power play goals and was more productive goal-wise than a guy named Phil Kessel. Uh, he is an older player, 35 years of age, but um, uh, kind of young by NHL standards because he spent 
spent a bunch of years in Sweden playing, and then he almost lost, completely lost sight in his left eye. For all intents and, intents and purposes, uh, his, he is blind in his left eye, but has managed to carve out a real solid NHL career. We'll talk a little bit more about him and now where he slots in as we look ahead in this white uh, in this uh, Blackhawks lineup uh, without Jonathan Taves, without Kirby Doc. After we hear from Carl Soderstrom and on a media call with uh, reporters yesterday on uh, Monday, he talked a little bit about his two-way game, his potential fit in this Blackhawks lineup. The fact that he is 35 and being part of a rebuild doesn't scare him. You'll hear him discuss that. What he likes about his new team and uh, also reuniting with Nikita Zadorov, his former teammate with the Colorado Avalanche. But here he talks about uh, there was interest in both sides of getting together the Blackhawks and Carl Soderstrom for a couple of years now. Blackhawks, uh, I think they've been interested in me for a couple of years, but now there was a chance and the room was there and um, I'm really excited to be a part of it. You're going to be reunited here with uh, an old teammate of yours in Colorado in, in Nikita Zadorov. And I want to get uh, your sense about what it was like playing with him and uh, what he can bring to the table. It seems that there, there's, there's always this next level that uh, it seems like Nikita can get to. What, what are your impressions of him as, as a teammate and even uh, maybe the couple times you had going up against him this year? No, I think everyone knows like it's a great guy and great hockey player. He brings uh, size to the team and good skater and chip in offensively as well. So I think it's going to be a great fit for Chicago. What do you think it is about your game that allows you to play well defensively and also, also uh, contribute on some offense? It's kind of been my role in uh, NHL for a while and uh, playing against top lines and uh, yeah, chipping in offensively, helping the team, scoring some goals. I think hopefully that's what I can do this year too and I'm looking forward to uh, start. In terms of like the physicality along with Nikita, uh, how you will help um, the Hawks in an area where they seem to be uh, efficient and if I could uh, piggyback on that, uh, can you tell me, uh, you know, as a as a veteran, what role you uh, you, you can uh, partake in with a team that uh, is rebuilding and, and trying to build a young core? Yeah, obviously. I mean, he was a <clears throat> leading uh, hitter in NHL a couple of years ago, so that's what it's going to bring, and it's going to be there every night. And, protecting uh, his players and uh, for me I know it's a rebuilding team but it goes quick I mean in Colorado a couple of years ago we were uh, rebuilding too and now it's one of the contenders in the league so it goes very quick and uh, hopefully this year it's going to be our year. Have you spoken to the coaching staff yet on, on where they might see you fit into the lineup? Yeah I spoke to them quickly and I think uh, I'm pretty good in both special teams and good in PK, good in power play and uh, responsible. And so I'm going to play wherever I want to play and I don't really know it yet. So I'm open. Hey Carl, it's been kind of a strange off season for a lot of guys with, you know, there's plenty of guys still not even signed yet. So I'm just curious, was there any point where you thought you might have to retire or like were teams still reaching out to you the last couple months? Just can you walk us through a little bit of what the last couple months have been like? I mean, for me, it's kind of, uh, I had a pretty good season last year, so I was, uh, I pretty much knew a couple of teams were going to step up late, and 
give me a couple of offers and even like I didn't want to sign before we knew the the whole setup where it was going to be and now when we knew it was 56 games and we're going to play in different cities it was uh, never a question for me I wanted to play in NHL and uh, I was very happy when Chicago called me. Uh, what have you been working on this off season? Uh, what's your your training been like? And is there anything you're you've been you know trying to improve uh, or focus on for this coming season? It's been pretty much the same, like always. You know, working on your like uh, physical shape and uh, ready for camp and uh, been skating a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm excited for the season. I'm ready to go. Hey, Carl, welcome to Chicago. Um, as a veteran in the league, what excites you about some of the young players on this Blackhawks uh, roster on the offensive side? And what maybe do you look forward to trying to impart on them with your with your experience? I was very impressed by them in the playoffs and when I played against Edmonton on one that series. So it's a very good team and a couple of veterans and still uh, it's a young team. I think uh, this year is going to even better and uh, hopefully I can help them. Carl Soderberg, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Joy, I mentioned to you before we started this podcast, I've called him Carl Soderberg, his actual name for years now, but for some reason, since the Blackhawks signed him, I'm calling him Soderstrom. And I just did a couple of times here, as you pointed out, I raced right through it. You pointed <laughs> out here before we went to the interview that I called him Soderstrom. So, uh, you know, uh, latch me up with some zappers or something every time I say Soderstrom instead of Soderberg. I think we should I will keep try it. Not to, I will try not to do that for the remainder of this podcast and the rest of his time with the Blackhawks. I think we should keep it going and just Sodaquist and Sodaski and, and all these other hockey last names and just mash them all together. I think we should just keep it going. Berg, 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 Berg. <laughs> but they're uh, very low-key, uh, but an impressive guy you heard right there and uh, we mentioned some of the solid numbers he's able to put up he's a two-way player can play on the power play and the penalty kill and you know even though you heard him start uh, the beginning of that interview talking about how there'd been interest in it for a couple of years between him and the Blackhawks liking his game uh, especially when he became a free agent uh, a year ago and ended up going to Arizona fairly early on in the free agency process while the Blackhawks were targeting some some other players there as well. Um, but now I think there was some urgency here with what the Blackhawks knew about Jonathan Taves' situation and Kirby Doc. Uh, even though he tried to downplay it, that certainly played a hand in him uh, now becoming a very needed part of this lineup with what he brings to the table. Yeah, and that just goes to show you even more with the news coming out this morning. But, you know, you look at him, he's a nice hockey player. Like you said, he he can play both ways. He's very consistent. I mean, when you look at his hockey reference page, his worst year came in 2016-2017, but that that was an awful Colorado Avalanche team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he sure. referenced that was part of their rebuild yeah. when they had... Just that horrific season. And, you know, I also like what he had to say about how, you know, a rebuild, if you want to call it that, or, or whatever you dub it, it, it can be quick in, in the NHL. And, and Colorado is kind of an example of that now. Um, so hopefully that can be some type of promising news for Blackhawks fans. But it just goes to show you that the Blackhawks needed a body, and they found a guy which, what I like about it is it looked like they were already interested in him, in him before all of this, so it just kind of all fell into place this season to be the right time to, to strike on him. 
Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be a guy that's gonna eat up a lot of minutes. He's gonna be on the ice a lot, playing both sides of the ice, and he'll play against the top lines. He'll he'll just be a nice, strong guy that the Blackhawks can use, and hopefully he can teach a thing or two to to some of the younger guys. And I think. Like you said, uh, rejoining with with teammate Nikita Zadorov will will help as well, just to provide some uh, familiarity there. And uh, you know, again, it's it's something that the Blackhawks need right now. It's not going to change this team's identity one hundred percent, but it's it's some something and someone they could definitely use right now. Well, ideally, he would be a guy who slots into the number three center role. Uh, now that's going to be elevated. And you know, one thing we haven't discussed here is. You know, all of a sudden, Dylan Strom never signed a contract, and you know his leverage gets a little bit better with the news about Taves and and about Doc. Unfortunately for the Blackhawks, and you know if you ask Dylan unfortunately for him, but nevertheless, that strengthens his position. Stan Bowman has said that he's very confident that they'll reach a deal, and now probably the numbers change a little bit with you know the situation the Blackhawks find themselves in with Dylan Strome but i'm sure there will be something uh sewn up by the time that the Blackhawks report to training camp on sunday but you know now as we look at this comparative depth chart that the Blackhawks have and and the good news is they have plenty of guys who are capable of playing center what they do not have is a guy capable of winning faceoffs at the percentage that Jonathan Taves gave you because he was one of the very best in all of the NHL and oftentimes the last few years several years there has been a wide gap between what Jonathan gives you in the 52-53% range and then the next guy down uh, as the second line center third line center fourth line center now David Camp took a nice jump back up last year but Dylan Strom struggled on the dot Kirby Doc when given his chances last year he also struggled at center um, uh, Lucas Walmark is, is a new face that comes in and, uh, he has been fairly good on faceoffs through his career. So, um, now when you look at the depth chart, ideally going into the season a week ago, you're looking at Taves, Doc, and Strom as one, two, three. And a lot of teams would certainly take that right now. Now with the addition of Soderberg, Soderberg, <laughs> and you you're learning. I was close. <laughs> Soderberg and the assumed signing of Dylan Strom. You're probably looking at now to start the season, Dylan Strom being your number one center, followed by Soderberg. And then you go down the line with perhaps Lucas Walmark and then keeping David Camp at a center position. But, you know, other guys can play center like uh, uh, Ryan Carpenter can. And, you know, who knows if this opens the door a little bit wider to a name that we mentioned last week when Alex Nylander went down for the season and Philip Kurashev uh, doesn't have a full AHL season under his belt. That was supposed to happen last year. He suffered some injuries, but in terms of being one of the Blackhawks' prospects perhaps with the most offensive upside closest to making the jump to the NHL, it could be Philip Kurashev. If you're looking for a little bit of more offensive flair, uh, he's going to have to learn the hard way at the NHL level if he's given that opportunity here. But now, from a top-six standpoint, last week we were looking at, okay, you have Taves and Doc and Kubalik and Debrinkit and Kane, and now you take two of those key guys away, and all of a sudden now you're looking for, for more offense. And, you know, we'll have to see what Andrew Shaw brings to the table this year. Reports are that he is ready to go at the start of training camp. Can he last? How effective can he be? Uh, Pia Suter coming over from overseas where he was an MVP at his European League. What can he bring to the table? Can they get more offense from Matthias Yanmark? And, uh, you know, Brandon Peary is a guy that they kind of subtly brought back in the Dylan Secura trade with Vegas. 
Uh, he's proven he can score at the NHL level. It's always been a question of whether he can handle things back on his, his own end. So the Blackhawks are going to be asking, at the very least at the outset of the year, no matter how long Jonathan Taves is out, for other guys to find a way to step up their offensive game. Because you know one thing the Blackhawks have been capable of doing for the most part the last few years is score goals. And now, with no Taves and uh, no Doc and without whatever Alex Nylander was going to be giving you, uh, you were hoping for some growth out of him this year. Uh, it's going to be a collective rope pull from everybody on the offensive end now. Yeah, and I wonder how that will affect Dylan Strom's game this upcoming year. And again, he needs to officially sign a contract. Especially if it's a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, and but, he but, may be in position to get something more now, but again, if it's if it's a one-year deal, he's good. He's going to have to really show something this and year. And like you said, those center roles now are elevated, so he's kind of guaranteed, once that contract is signed, to be playing on more of an important role in, in playing a more important line, so maybe he's able to take that responsibility, run with it, and and really flourish. Now, I, I almost want to say there's, there's not like there's more pressure on him this way because the team's not going to have a lot of pressure on on. The Blackhawks will not have a lot of pressure on themselves from the get-go because of everything that has happened over the last couple of days. So is that a better spot for Dylan Strome where you're kind of, yes, maybe, like you said, a one-year contract. He plays for his for his money once again, but he's given the opportunity to play on some higher lines than he would have had these things not happened. And it'll be interesting to see how he takes advantage of that situation. And the addition of Soderberg also adds to uh, these defensive-minded players that the Blackhawks have brought in. Not necessarily big splashes previously with the likes of Yanmark and Walmark and uh, Nikita Zadorov, but no pun intended with big splash there. But again, trying to shore things up defensively now that Corey Crawford is gone, now that Robin Leonard is gone, and you're invested yourself in looking to see if a, a Delia or a Subban or a Lankanen might be able to step up and grab hold and show and prove that they can be a legitimate starting NHL goaltender with these opportunities that they've given. Um, part of this equation, if the Blackhawks are going to be able to hang in there, is a stronger collective defensive effort. And Soderberg is another one of those guys, along with these other additions, where that's going to have to be a focus. It was before all these injuries happened, if they were going to improve this year. I think it becomes even more important now, Joe. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier with... The whole Kirby Doc news hadn't even been brought up yet because of what Jonathan Taves released us released to us all today. Yeah, the whole goaltender situation was the talk of the town and the main topic of this entire team for the past couple of months, but now that kind of goes by the wayside. And again, I, I think the way that this season is structured can benefit the Blackhawks goaltending situation because guys are going to be rotated in and out a lot. So yeah, maybe you're not given the benefit of uh, a goalie catching hot and and going out there every day, but you're going to get guaranteed playing time, whether you're Kevin Lankinen, whether you're Colin Delia, whether you're Malcolm Subban. You're going to get a shot, and you know if you get pulled the next day, it's not solely because of your performance. It's because that's the way this has to go. So, again, it's an opportunity for all those guys to get just basically their fair shot of becoming the next goaltender or one of the next goaltenders for this team. So that's the way I think they have to approach this upcoming season with with all the absurdity and and uniqueness that it holds. One thing I think that can be certain here is uh, a couple things. First of all, now that you know Taves and Doc are not going to be there along with along with uh, Nylander, 
Uh, once you hit the ground uh, on Sunday at the start of training camp, you have your eight, nine days or so before you travel to Tampa Bay for the opener on January 13th. Um, we talked in the last podcast about the importance of this brief training camp and getting guys together and making sure they're on the same page. Well, unfortunately, there's uh, no uncertainty now with Jonathan Taves' situation or Kirby Doc since we lasted a podcast, and now they are going to have to hit the ground running. And another thing that I can virtually guarantee – there's some proud guys there in Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. And you can even go as far as, you know, Andrew Shaw as well. Um, they're not going to play the woe is me card. There's going to be a chip on their shoulder and they can probably sense everyone here is going to be counting them out. So whether they can or not, they will certainly try to f- find a way to rally the troops and get as much out of everyone as they can because uh, it's going to be interesting to see who wears the C on the sweater now um, and and how they're going to divvy up. But there is certainly some leadership in that room. And um, even if they face some some tough times here at the outset of the start of the season, they can't play it that way. They're going to have to really take it game by game, period by period, shift by shift, in order not to be so overwhelmed and being absorbed by what others' expectations now are of them after the news of this past week. I wonder if that'll be a bet now with legal gambling going throughout the nation now. Who will wear the C for the Blackhawks <laughs> in 2021? I mean, they could go the route. Can't you go with just three A's, three alternative captains? Uh, the teams have done that, sure. Yeah. Uh, but to, to your points, it it is going to be interesting to see how this remaining core, number one, performs, and number two just leads the future of this organization in this, this really just downridden year. But And I say that when when I'm talking about the 2021 season, it's just you're kind of without a paddle. You have hit so many deficits right now out of your control that it's just going to be fighting through adversity every single day. And I know guys like Seabrook and Keith and Kane aren't guys that, that chalk up all the the misfortunes that they've had. They're, they're guys that want to go out there and play and win regardless of the situation. So it will be interesting to, to see how they react this year. And man, again, it's just very, very somber news. Um, but you just hope for the best for Jonathan Taves. We, we can't circle around back to that enough. Um, and, and you just really wonder how a few or a handful of these guys are going to respond to this year. Yep. And, um, certainly you can be angry about it, but I think under these circumstances, when you're talking about injury and illness, it's time to take a step back and look at the big picture and uh, hope for the best for those two individuals concerned, especially you know, Jonathan Taves as he you know, still tries to figure out what, what is going on with some of these symptoms that he is uh, feeling. Uh, with Kirby Dock on from World Juniors as we wind things up here, uh, we'll tell you that leaves three Blackhawks podcast, uh, pod, prospects, not podcast prospects, as we talk about it on the podcast. Uh, and actually, as we record here, they're all they're playing against each other this afternoon. Uh, Landon Slagger, the third round pick from this year, uh, who plays for Notre Dame, he's playing for Team USA. He's had about a third or fourth line responsibility. Has looked very good so far, even though he hasn't dented the score sheet. Very responsible type player. And US was going up against um, the Czech Republic, who has two Blackhawk prospects. Their last two fourth round picks, or or uh, uh, the fourth round picks from two of the, uh, the last two drafts, in Michael Tepley, who's looked really good, and Michael Krutil, a defenseman who has also looked pretty decent here for the Czech Republic. So with US taking on Czech Republic on two. 
Tuesday afternoon. Um, by the time you hear this, you could probably get a replay or sense of uh, how each of them impacted that particular game. But uh, those are the three prospects left uh, in Edmonton at the World Junior Championships now that Kirby Doc is out. So that is a wrap for this edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. I'm feeling we'll probably do another one perhaps on Sunday, if not Monday, after the first day or two of training camp. There's going to be a whole lot of reaction. I'm sure we will uh, hear from, obviously, Jeremy Carlton, uh, in a lot of likelihood, Stan Bowman, and probably some of the leaders, Patrick Kane, front and center, uh, getting his reaction and uh, feelings and the challenge that lies ahead here for he and his teammates moving ahead into the 2021 season as they start training camp and get ready for January 13th in Tampa. So, Joe, thanks very much. Let's hope as uh, we cross and flip the calendar into uh, 2021, uh, some good things happen for everybody, both uh, personally and all our listeners out there, that uh, we can get this thing in the rearview mirror because it's been a a big pile of you know what. Some some of my people who try to keep my brain straight that I talk to call call being dealt a you know what sandwich, and it starts with an S and it's a four letter <laughs> word. There's been a whole lot of those sandwiches served out this year, and uh, let's hope for uh, everybody everybody out there, you, the Blackhawks, everyone concerned. Twenty twenty one is a whole lot better. So uh, let's at least hope for that. It's got to be right. And you said it, bud. I hope so. Yep. You can only go up from here, right? Happy. Please, New Year, everybody. Uh, be safe. Uh, continue to uh, do what you do in order to keep yourself and others safe. want to thank uh, our producer here, Curtis Koch, as well as uh, Ernie Scatton, and to all of you for listening. We'll talk to you Sunday or Monday with a new Blackhawks Crazy podcast. And again, all the best to both Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves as they uh, find their way through uh, their respective ailments and uh, hope to uh, be back on the road to health and recovery sometime soon. We'll uh, talk to you again early next week, everyone. How about that? He's won it. The Hawks win the Stanley Cup. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend, subscribe, and join the conversation. And follow the guys on Twitter, at Bowden Tweets, and at Joe underscore brand one. That was great.